Keeping things fresh here on the Biz Women Rock podcast. Today is a live interview that I did with restaurant owner Lynn Pham. After watching her parents struggle and work very, very hard seven days a week in their grocery store business, she swore she would never be an entrepreneur. But a dream changed all of that, and she went from being an engineer to a restaurant owner. She opened Bamboozle Cafe in downtown Tampa in 2008. And four years later, opened her second location, Bamboozle Tea Lounge, in a nearby city, Channelside. In this interview, Lynn talks about what it really took to build out, like literally physically build out her first location, which was mind-blowing to her for somebody that had zero experience doing that. What having fresh ingredients only really means to the operation of the business and how she's built so much more than just a restaurant. Before we get rolling, here's a word from our awesome sponsor. Are you tired of hearing how powerful LinkedIn is but have no idea and maybe not even that much desire to learn how to make it work for you? Then you have got to get LinkedIn Focus. LinkedIn Focus is a powerful program that will give you the exact strategies needed to produce results for your business. Just go to linkedinfocus.com forward slash BWR. Now let's get into it. Okay. Hi, everyone. Hi, guys. Thanks for coming out. Um, just a quick introduction. My name is Katie Kremitzos, um, and I have a podcast called Biz Women Rock, and these are stories of businesswomen from all over the world, literally, um, and my job is to just make sure that I give them an, an opportunity to tell their business story and about the journey that they've gone through. So that's what you're going to see. Um, I always do my interviews literally in my little, you know, 10 foot by 10 foot office with just me there and I'm talking to someone over the phone. So I just thought it would be a lot of fun to do it in person and actually get to do this really live and a chance for this story to go out kind of with the clinks and back and, you know, with the food being made and all that fun stuff. But for that to be able to go up on the podcast is something a little unique. So Lynn, we're going to talk first. I want you to give everyone a little bit of a background so that they have a really good foundation of understanding why this exists right now. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your childhood, kind of how you were raised, okay. um, and that, how that really you know, impacted you. Well, um, my, my parents, um, they're extremely hardworking people. Uh, basically, um, my... Uh, my parents brought us over here when we were very young and uh, had to work a few different jobs to make ends meet. And, um, and uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> yeah, they had to, uh, I'm so sorry. Can we okay. start over? So talk, talk a little I'm bit sorry. about, that's all right. Talk a little bit about um, what they did and what kind of your interaction, because you were, you were raised here basically in St. Petersburg, Florida, right? Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about what you saw them do, because you saw them being entrepreneurs at a very young age. So talk a little bit about their business and kind of what view you had of that, what interaction you had there. Well, um, when I was younger, they started their own, they started a Vietnamese market. And uh, basically, I had to 
uh, helped them out. Um, they were open 365 days out of the year. And wow. while I was in school, I had to help them on the weekends and on holidays and everything. And I guess I was around the time where I kind of swore that I would never actually open my own business. Really? Because, <laughs> yeah, because it was just so, it was so difficult. And, uh, um, you just saw them working around the clock. Yeah, yeah, all the time. And uh, I um, am so sorry. Now, you have a restaurant. Don't apologize. So you have a restaurant now. So I want to know a little bit more about how you got introduced to food and healthy food in the first place and the types of food that you really, you know, put in your restaurants now. So tell a little bit about maybe as you were growing up, the impact that food had on you and, and you know, really where you interacted with food in a way that made, made a difference in your life. Can you repeat that question? How did you really interact with food? Like, how did you see what was being made in the kitchen? Like, you know, you talk, we're going to be talking about your roles a little later on. Talk yeah. a little bit about, like, your experience as a kid and interacting with, you know, your culture's food and, and just establishing that. Well, is there any way we can start over? It's okay. Just keep going with it. Just keep going. It's all right. Okay. Um, can you repeat the question? Yeah. So talk a little bit about what you it, like noticed as a kid with your family's interaction with food and sort of how you, were there times that you saw like your mom cooking or your family cooking that really, you know, stuck with you and that definitely resonates now with you in yeah. the restaurant? Well, like I said, you know, um, when we, um, we came to the States, we had very little and uh, basically um, my most fondest memories were when my uh, mom was cooking in the kitchen and uh, she's really a phenomenal cook. So I just would watch her make these uh, amazing elaborate dishes in the, uh, in the kitchen and uh, that's really where I get a lot of um, uh, uh, where the business comes from, uh, the integrity that she put in every dish, the quality, um, the um, how she would pair uh, each dish at home. It was like we were dining like rock stars all yeah. the time. Yeah. What was your favorite dish? My favorite dish was the fresh roll. Um, it's called gori kung in uh, Vietnamese. And basically... Uh, you would uh, sit at a big table and uh, you know, you'd have uh, a bunch of uh, fresh herbs that you would pick from the garden and uh, fresh veggies that my parents would uh, prep in the kitchen and then we would put this uh, portable grill in the middle of the table and have all these marinated meats and everything and we would just grill it up and kind of throw everything together and put it on a fresh roll and uh, she'd make uh, all these healthy sauces and everything like that and we just dip um, dip them and, and then th we would just have a feast right there and it was actually one of my favorite dishes growing up and I actually uh, incorporated that into bamboozle and it's one of the most popular items that we offer here. How cool is that? Yeah and what I did is I, uh, I kind of incorporated what the experience I had at that dining table and I put all of the fresh veggies kind of in front of the customer and they can kind of do the same thing that I did at the table. They can kind of choose their own veggies and stuff like that and uh, pick their meats and we would wrap it up for them and then we'd have a whole sauce counter um, that they can choose all those house dressings that we made from scratch from and get that kind of similar experience that I had growing up. Very cool. So. But you did not directly go into opening your own restaurant, you know, as a young adult. I mean, you, you know, 
said, I saw my parents working all the time. I don't want to be an entrepreneur. What did you end up going into? What was your profession before this? I actually was a network engineer. Uh, totally nothing to right. do with, with restaurants or food at all. Right, not one bit. Uh, highly analytical. Um, I sat in front of a computer all day long. Uh, I barely spoke to any customers. I spoke to uh, technicians most of the time. So, so what kind of go a little deeper as to like what kind of stuff were you doing there all day? Like, did, were you managing a team? Did you were you on the computer all day long? So uh, basically, what I did is I would um, build the uh, customers' virtual um, network. So I would build their virtual infra- infrastructure, and um, I would. Uh, I would speak to the technician that would, our technician that would be at the customer location, and I would guide them on how to um, connect the devices and uh, equipment together. And then I would actually dial into the device, bring up the customer network so that they could interact with other locations within the company and basically building their intranet. Gotcha. So lots of mini details, like lots of tiny little nuances that needed to really get overseen. Yes, and a lot of troubleshooting, um, a lot of um, configuring, coding, all very, very analytical. Um, So at what point in like the life of a techie do you decide, I'm going to have a restaurant? Like what happened that precipitated this whole, I'm now going to be a restaurateur? Well, um, I, I got... I got to the point where it just wasn't as fulfilling for me. I kind of wanted to indulge more in my creative side, and uh, I wanted, uh, I don't know, I, I, I wanted to work more with people, and um, I just needed a change. And so literally one night I was uh, having a hard time sleeping, and so I started thinking about, well, what, what makes me happy? You know, what drives me? And... Uh, um, basically, what am I passionate about? And I started thinking about um, that I love traveling and I love eating great food and uh, basically living a healthy, active lifestyle. And uh, I started to think about how um, when I feel unhealthy, what do I usually do? And I, I, I realized what I did is I started to... Um, cook Vietnamese dishes. And I thought to myself, well, if this is kind of my routine, is to go back to my roots, then um, maybe there's something here, something I could offer. And uh, I just thought, you know, I could offer this kind of same lifestyle option to other people. And that's when I came up with Bamboozle Cafe, which was basically, I want to bamboozle you into healthy living. Ah, and like <laughs> Yeah, and it was basically that here you have this really delicious food, but underneath it, uh, it was healthy. And, um, and so you didn't have to compromise. I, I would never compromise flavor for health or vice versa. And I don't think anyone else should either. So I kind of wanted to share this experience with other people. Okay, so there's a huge gap between having an idea and opening on that first day. So what had to happen behind the scenes in order for you to like prepare to open? What, what were those little pieces that you needed to take care of to make sure that I have this part of business done? I have a locate. I mean, talk a little bit about the preparation for opening a restaurant. Well, um, it was actually really difficult because here I am a network engineer and I want to open up a restaurant. So who's going to really, you know, let me 
get my foot in the door. No so experience, no, no experience. background. Yeah. Um, I mean, my parents have experience, but that doesn't really help me out too much. Were they, were they cool with it? Like, were they behind you? Well, they were very supportive. Um, they, they've, they've been supportive in, in any kind of career path that I've taken. But uh, quite honestly, they asked me on a few occasions, are you really sure that you <laughs> want to do this? Like, and... Uh, yeah, they I'm were like, 365 days a year. <laughs> <laughs> right, and you're the one that complains all the time, right? <laughs> so um, I, uh, I, you know, I was, I was 20 or in my 20s, and I had all the energy in the world, and I was a know-it-all, and I said, oh, I, I got this. I got this, no problem. But I got to be honest with you, it's probably one of the most humbling experiences in my life. Yeah. So let's talk, because when you're talking about restaurants specifically, location is huge, mm-hmm. um, and getting a restaurant ready, like having a build-out, and actually like making sure that, that your location is ready to serve people yeah. is huge. It Licensing, dealing with the city. Talk a little bit about All that experience. All the red tape that we had to deal with. So um, first we decided on what location we should look into, and we saw that downtown had some opportunity. And uh, we were very fortunate. We found these landlords, um, which I ha- still have an amazing relationship with them. They, uh, they took a risk and said, you know, you're, you're spunky. You got, uh, you got some energy and um, we'll, we'll back you up. And the space uh, was basically an empty shell and uh, we had to build out. And uh, wow, I mean, getting our licensing, dealing with all sorts of uh, red tape with uh, the city, um, it, was, uh, it was an adventure. And when you talk about doing a build-out, I mean, it's literally, you're having to build out everything. Yeah, everything. Putting talk, a, talk. in a hood system, uh, buying new equipment, um, flooring, every little thing. And we were on a tight budget, so it was pretty hard. You had to be a little creative. How so. much did that actually cost you to be able to build that out? Uh, probably around 120 k And that's on a budget? On a budget, wow. yeah. And then we had about 20 in emergency funds that probably got depleted pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. So now you've built this out, you've gone through all the red tape, everything's good, and you're about to open. What, walk us through like, how you actually opened your restaurant. Um, well, we never even had a grand opening. We just kind of opened our doors on a Monday. Now, we did have a little friends and family event and did a little bit of training with the staff. But uh, we kind of just were winging it, partly because it was a new concept that I came up with and thought, you know, we don't have any protocol that we could follow. And we just decided we'll just kind of open our doors softly just to have a soft opening. And that first day, people started lining up. Downtown at the time didn't have that many options, so when you know people caught wind of it, they started to uh, come by and check us out. And uh, I wouldn't say that we were very prepared for it, to be honest. <laughs> a little chaotic. Yeah. A little chaotic. Yeah, uh, it was fun, but it was really stressful. I mean, especially when you're kind of a control freak and uh, want to get things done right and had a certain vision, and it doesn't really end up that way. Yeah. Like uh, for instance. Um, you know, preparing the, uh, the food in the back kitchen to make sure that uh, it was coming, up, coming out fast enough to, uh, to bring to the front of the house so that they, they could prep the food for customers that were lining up in our quick, quick serve line. 
So now this is something when you and I kind of talked beforehand, one of the aspects of your business that I was so blown away by and had no clue was that it makes a difference in a restaurant whether you're you serve only fresh food versus mm-hmm. whether you don't. Yeah. And I didn't understand why. So talk a little bit about how um, how that's a big deal to make sure that the back of the house is actually communicating well with the front of the house so that basically the flow of fresh food and delivery of the food is, is such a big deal. Because if you're off, right. that you're off. Well, like it's a big deal. It's a huge deal because if I'm offering healthy, then I want the freshest ingredients, um, the, the freshest as possible that I can offer. And so what we would do is we would uh, purchase the produce at at this time, we actually purchase it every single day. So produce comes in daily. And uh, the, the back of the house staff, we prep everything by hand. And um, so it has, it has a certain kind of shelf life that, um, uh, that we're only willing to offer. So um, I, I'd say if, if a vegetable could have a heartbeat, ours would. So, so that was really important. So getting us, uh, figuring out how much to prep for the line, you know, and, and uh, how much traffic we were getting was something we had to gauge and had to kind of um, learn as we went along. So. And the reason why that's so important is because, you know, let's say you gauged wrong and there's so many more people you oh, yeah. can't just go open a new can of whatever i mean you no. literally have to send people to the grocery store which is what happened quite often actually right and it was that was the hardest part because um if, if we saw that we didn't have enough um, rice noodles or rice paper or, or whatnot or fresh basil we would have to get in the car and it wasn't very it was not very easy to do that when you're in downtown and your car isn't parked right you know outside uh, your establishment so we were scrambling a lot of the times until we got it down so it was a struggle how long do you think it took you like how many how many days, months, years, whatever did it take you to like finally get like here's the system that works? Uh, well, actually, it's kind of embarrassing, but I'm going to tell you, I probably didn't really get it down to probably like a year or two ago, to be honest, because um, we've each year we grow differently, each season changes, and we always have to kind of. Uh, roll with it mm-hmm. and so it hasn't been in uh, until the past uh, year and a half where we've gotten this steady flow of traffic consistent traffic to where I have the right amount of um, staff available and everyone knows what their roles are and their responsibility and uh, from there it's made life a little bit easier to manage tired of your spend and hope marketing strategy, why not give Proven to Succeed a try? Postcard Mania specializes in direct mail and postcard marketing and delivers winning campaigns using a combination of proven industry results and groundbreaking direct mail technology like Direct Mail 2.0. They partner with Google to track and follow up with people that visit your website after receiving your mailing. And they do personalized postcards, which is, by the way, how they got started and how they got their name, Postcard Mania. When you set up a campaign with Postcard Mania, they dig into their database of proven results to find out what is working for businesses like yours. And guess what? They've worked with over 64,000 businesses, and the results speak for themselves. 
Like, for example, a Maryland dentist who tripled his patients by switching to direct mail 2.0. Or the accountant from California who made $60,000 off of one single mailing. Or even the private school in Texas that added 820 online prospects to their list in just 13 days. The results speak for themselves. Use Postcard Mania for all of your marketing needs. Sign up for your free consultation today. Go to postcardmania.com forward slash bizwomenrock. Talk a little bit about what kind of leader you are. You, How many people do you have on staff between your two locations? Probably about 25 so 25 people that you're managing, um, you know, plus, you know, some maybe executive people who may not be out on the floor, but they're sort of helping run the business. Talk a little bit about how, what kind of leader are you and what sort of things do you employ to make sure that your staff is running fluently? Well, um, I, I would say that uh, I'm more of a communicator than a leader because uh, I think that that's really um, important um, in the the business that I run is it's really about people and so um, my customers are very important my staff is very important so basically I have to instill in them um, how I uh, how I like to treat customers and um, how I welcome them and uh, so they they to me are a reflection of me and um, and I kind of go through a process on, on how I hire. So I hire quality people that believe in, the, you know, the bamboozle ideology. And uh, from there, it kind of makes it pretty easy because as long as you're communicating and uh, you're respectful of each other, then we have, a, we have a nice team. So, and that's how I like to run my business. Have you ever had a really, really tough moment of, an employee not working out and it's been really hard for you to to make a move or describe one of those moments maybe in the very beginning maybe with your first employee who knows uh well you know most of my employees have been with me since day one really yeah so I've in the restaurant industry that's almost unheard of it is it, it really is but uh no i have some solid uh loyal staff that have been there um, they understand what drives me, and, uh, and, and they've adopted it, and, and it's important to them. So I've been very fortunate in that respect. For me, probably it's more recently that I've hired new staff, um, and weeding, that, weeding out the staff that you know, don't really believe in uh, what we um, stand for, that's actually fairly easy to me because... Because I communicate with you, you basically know that your head's on the chopping blocks, basically, if, uh, if, you're, not really, um, uh, if you're not really producing, right? And if you don't have the right attitude, quite honestly, and that's very important to me. What are either tools that you use or um, habits that you have to make sure that communication is happening or the management of your team is happening in a successful way? Meaning, do you have team meetings? Do you all oh. communicate ver on this piece of software? Like oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, my staff is an integral part of uh, how we um, operate uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, again, it's all about communication. So uh, their input is very important to me because they work here every day alongside with me. So um, if... If they have concerns, they need to be addressed. 
So. so how old was Bamboozle Cafe, which is your original location that was, that's located in downtown Tampa? How long did that exist before you decided, I'm going to open another location? Uh, probably about four, four to five years. Okay. Yeah. And what, why did you decide to open the Bamboozle Tea Lounge? Um, well, my landlord at the time had mentioned that there was this uh, space in Channelside um, that uh, was a would be a, a beautiful spot for like a coffee shop or a tea house. And um, at the time, well, when I initially came up with Bamboozle, um, this was this was a part of the uh, concept that I kind of wasn't able to uh, to incorporate because. Bamboozle Cafe itself wasn't conducive to having a little loungy area where you could relax and sip tea. And uh, so when I came to the came to the space in Channelside, I immediately fell in love with it. It's this perfect little spot right in the heart of the uh, Channelside neighborhood. And it had a beautiful patio area. Um, it has these amazing high ceilings that bring in natural light. And uh, I could see myself sitting here, sipping a, a, a cup of tea, uh, playing some board games. And so I just fell in love and said, I, I have to complete my concept by opening up this tea lounge over here and, and kind of creating a satellite business in this neighborhood. That's very cool. See, when I was in college, like I hung out at coffee shops all the time. Like uh -huh. that was a thing. Like go to the coffee shop. I would be there for seriously like six hours sometimes just like doing homework right, right. and this is what I, this is the environment I want to create for you and this is it's it the very that. first exactly. time I ever walked in here I was like oh my gosh this is exactly yeah. that very refreshing right. very like laid back you can hang out here mm -hmm. and just have a good time so so the funny thing is the the cafe and the lounge are kind of like the yin and yang of my personalities so the cafe is pretty quick pace a little chaotic and then there's the tea lounge where you can sit back relax no, I have to, it's, it's basically where uh, I get my serenity is at the tea lounge. Where do you spend most of your time? Uh, well, I spend most of my time, quite honestly, at the cafe. It's a bigger uh, operation. Right. But I come to relax at the tea lounge. Very so, nice. Yeah. What is your role in your company right now? Like, what do you literally do on a daily basis? I try to grow the business at this point. Now what that, does that mean? Like, well, for, for way too long, I was uh, a little too hands-on. And uh, so I was kind of uh, in the trenches with my staff. And uh, I got to the point where I realized if I didn't step out of it, then I could never grow my business. And so I had to let go of some of that control and, um, and step out and, and start growing um, this concept and getting more people to, uh, to learn about um, what I have to offer. Well, and I want to go exactly there. Talk a little bit about how you started your marketing, like back in 2008 when you first began. Mm -hmm. How were you marketing? And then I want to ask how you've evolved that marketing strategy. So okay. talk a little bit about in the beginning. How did you first start getting the word out? Well, initially, the most important thing to me uh, for the longest time was just basically working on the quality of the product and maintaining its consistency. To me, that was paramount. And um, that would create the word of mouth that I needed. And for a long time, I just kind of rode that wave. Um, so you get somebody like me who comes in and has like the best meal ever, and then, and then you tell other people, it. right. Yep. And, uh, and that's 
basically what I had focused on for quite a while. And um, working on having a quality staff was very important to me. And I know this, these aren't conventional ways of marketing, but it was marketing from within. And so if I concentrated on uh, a really good quality staff, they were going because I couldn't be there 24-7. So they had to do a good job when I couldn't connect with every single customer. And uh, again, for you know, more word of mouth, um, that's the approach that I took. Um, I, uh, I made sure that I educated myself on the product that I was offering because customers like you who uh, have a vegan diet or customers who um, have gluten-free diets, um, the cuisine kind of lends itself to it. So I spent a lot of time working on my recipes, making sure that I understood every single ingredient that went into it and uh, I could pass that on to my customers which created, uh, it, it created a loyalty with my customers. because well, So when you talk about the quality of your food, there's something that, that I found very interesting when you and I talked, which was like, as far as like the recipes that are being made, there's still, you said that your dad is involved in your recipes a little bit. Uh, right, Tell right. that story. Okay, well, my dad's, my dad's a funny character. Um, he's a he's a wonderful man, and uh, when we had uh, when we had that store, he kind of acquired this skill to be like a master roaster, and uh, he would make the most amazing roast pig, uh, barbecue pork, and all sorts of stuff. And so I wanted to incorporate some of his recipes into the restaurant, and uh, so we have. Um, uh, our five spice barbecue pork, which is uh, huge—I mean, super popular at the uh, at both locations—and um, it's funny because now it's my dad's recipe, um, but I myself actually don't even know the entire recipe. He won't tell you. He won't give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's really funny because I told him I said, "Dad, you know, just—I uh, I actually know three quarters of the recipe," and then he creates the spice. Uh, the spice batch for me. Okay. I said, just, just you know, give me, give me the measurements, and I'll do them for you. You don't even have to worry about it. He'll, he'll explain to me, Lynn, it's very difficult <laughs> to get the spices just right, and I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it. I'll just take this load off of you. Don't worry. And I just kind of, I just kind of appease him because it makes him happy. Keep his recipe. So that's really fun. <laughs> yeah. So. So to this day, it is still a secret recipe that I don't even know. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> proprietary. So you got the proprietary oh, stuff yeah. for your food. Yeah. Um, okay. So now let's jump back into some of the marketing that you do now. How, what strategies have you implemented that you see that are working for you to get more people in the door? So I have recently done some more traditional marketing and I've spent more time with social media, uh, working with uh, another company to send out e-newsletters. Um, and that's kind of been fairly recently. So uh, I, do see, um, uh, uh, I do see it bringing in some traffic, but I'm still kind of compiling the impact uh, at this time. I, I, I'm, I, I don't have any solid numbers for that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you see as one of the biggest challenges that you have currently as a business owner? The biggest challenge? Uh, probably having balance in my life. Is, uh, I think it's a pretty common issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm actually um, very capable of uh, just 
signing up for a major project, putting on blinders, and uh, just going full force forward. And uh, realizing that after you take the blinders off and you, know, you see the aftermath and the destruction that you've created uh, in your personal life, and you think, you know what? Uh, this, uh, something needs to change. So uh, I've spent a lot more time really working on um, enjoying what I do instead of this whole, um, and maybe it's something that, that you, don't have to, you, don't, you don't have to work hard and feel pain to enjoy success, that you should actually enjoy the process. And if you're not enjoying the process, then really why are you doing it? And that was a really uh, important lesson for me to learn. And uh, I'm a lot happier. Uh, and the fact that I come in and, you know, um, you know the, it might be a little chaotic, but uh, you get through it. You just yeah. deal with it. Yeah. And um, enjoy the day to day. Very cool. Um, what is the big vision? What do you see coming up next? What do you want to do? You now have two locations in Tampa. Both of them are very successful. You know, what's the big vision? Uh, basically, um, just just spreading the ideology of. For me, I think that uh, being happy and healthy really starts from the inside. And if you nourish yourself uh, properly, then uh, you will have uh, a better chance of being healthier and happier and I want to encourage that and I want to be able to uh, give more people that opportunity and I want to be a conduit for that if possible so do you have any thoughts about opening other locations like in other states uh, anything like that or <laughs> other parts of Florida <laughs> Do enough I, I, I've been told I'll probably lose a couple friendships <laughs> and maybe a family member or two <laughs> if, if I don't slow down a little bit so uh, maybe maybe Let's say not in the near future, but right. uh, sometime down, down the I, road. I just didn't know if you felt that way because there are definitely some restaurateurs who are like, no, I'm local. This is what I do. Yeah. People will come find me right. versus I want to grow right. and go get this everywhere. So I admit, you know, when I was in my 20s, when I first came up with the concept, that was probably the first thing on my mind. Oh, my God, I'm going to expand. I'm going to grow this place, grow it everywhere. And quite honestly, at this point, um, I, I just, I, 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 each time you add a space, it, it's more headache. Um, it, is, it is tough, and, and you really um, have to prepare for it. And for me, I really am enjoying what I'm doing, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grow slowly so that I can enjoy every, pro every step of the process. Love so, it. yeah. Okay, so now to conclude everything, we're going to transition into your favorite five. Are you ready? I Okay, so for those of you who don't know, on my show, the very last segment is always just random five questions about her favorite whatever, and then she has no idea what these questions are. So, okay, you ready? Okay. I'm going to ask the one I always love asking, which is what is your favorite book? If it's business book, that'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. um, if not, no big deal. What's what's one of your favorite books? Okay, well, um, my <laughs> uh, well, my favorite business book would probably be uh, the Seven Habits of um, Highly Effective People. Uh, exactly. Cardi but then I have a weird favorite book is uh, A Whole New World, <laughs> which is or um, that's just totally random, different. What than, is that one? Oh, probably. <laughs> 
It's called A Whole New World? A Brave New World. A Brave New Sorry, World. Sorry, A Brave New World. Is yeah. that the one about like the drug thing? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I've seen it's that just book. just a little I mean, twisted, a little just a bit little? different. Yeah. All right. Keeps your mind. It's creativity, yeah. right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Like, I, need, I need balance. So <laughs> that's, that's what gives <laughs> me balance in my life. This, so. is, this is the theme of this entire conversation is the yin and the yang. Yes, exactly. Okay. What about, what is your favorite item on your menu? It would have to be the fresh rolls. Anyone in particular? Um, let's say my dad's barbecue pork. With the special so. recipe that no one knows. Yep, exactly. And by the way, just to give you guys a visual that your fresh rolls, you're not talking about these little like egg roll size thing. I no. got a fresh roll here a couple weeks ago and it was giant. Like yeah, it looked like yeah. a burrito. Yeah. Like, it's, a, it's a meal. It is. It That's is a meal. And they're yeah. so good. Okay. How about your favorite guilty pleasure? My favorite guilty That we can say publicly. This is a rated PG-13 <laughs> room. Right, right. <laughs> oh, man. Cheesecake. Ooh, okay. What kind? Plain. Just plain cheesecake? Plain, right. simple. Okay. Um, how about, since we're in the holiday season, how about one of the fa- your favorite holiday gifts that you've ever been given? My favorite gift ever, I would have to say... Um, I had uh, one of my roommates when I was in college, I had uh, these favorite pair of sunglasses and uh, it needed a screw fixed in the sunglasses and I was just too lazy to get fixed and never had time. So for Christmas, she grabbed my sunglasses and got it fixed for me and then packaged it up and wrapped it up and gave it to me. It's probably one of the best gifts I've ever received. That's nice. Yeah. That's really thoughtful. I like that. Very cheap for her, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Very thoughtful and cheap. Yep. That's good. Um, okay, last question. What is your favorite way to relax? My favorite, probably yoga. Yeah? Yoga is probably my favorite thing to do. You do yoga often, like every day, as once a week? As often as I possibly can. So, unfortunately, on a busy week, probably none. Like this <laughs> week, I didn't get a chance to. But uh, I, I could do it every day if I could. Nice. Yeah. Lynn, you have built an amazing business, and it obviously from the background and where it was in 2008 when you started it, where it is now, and how you've built that is amazing. I have no doubt whatever you're going towards next is going to just explode. So congratulations, and thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you, Katie. I really appreciate the opportunity. You're nice job, girl. I just loved Lynn's passion. You could tell she was super nervous in the very beginning, does not get up in front of a lot of people and talk. So this was such a special treat to be able to capture her journey, her lessons, um, and all the incredible ways that she has built out her business. Um, there's a special treat for you. Afterwards, we did like a Q&A with, the, um, with everyone in the audience. And so that is here after we are done with like our final music. So if you want to stick around and listen to some of the Q&A, which there were some really good questions, um, I'd highly recommend you listen to them. They will be here after. Have an awesome, awesome day. I'll see you on the next episode. She did good, right? (laughs) 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 The the soft and dry hopefully is kicking it. (laughs) So so now what I do never have the opportunity to do because I'm not live on most of the shows or I'm not, you know, in person on most of the shows is do we have any questions? Q 
Q&A. Anything that we did not talk about that you guys would love to ask Lynn. Hang on, hang on. We're going to get you. <laughs> was that you, Bonnie? I just want to know who that friend was that fixed your sunglasses <laughs> Well, you. it wasn't you. <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> Come on, Eli. Come on, Eli. <laughs> Uh-oh. That's the dangerous one. I don't know about you guys, but I, once again, in this conversation and definitely the kind of prior one that we had, I mean, learning about how the restaurant industry really runs behind the scenes is so fascinating. And um, you just never know. You never know that when you're just walking in and grabbing a bite and all the different stuff that has right, to happen behind absolutely. the scenes. Yeah. So it's really fascinating. Mm -hmm. So I think it's awesome. You just the surface. <laughs> I've got one. I've got one because I'm curious about oh. What is the healthiest option other than fresh rolls on your dinner menu it at would, the cafe? It would be um, the gang uh, chua, which is our Vietnamese uh, sour soup. Yeah. Ooh. Very low-cal, but uh, packed with flavor. Nice. So, yeah. Not the red curry with the coconut no, rice that I love. No. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> yeah. What do you have that's the least healthiest? Uh, probably. Uh, probably my beef uh, pho short ribs. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah probably. The yeah. beignet. Oh. Uh, oh, we well, didn't even talk about the desserts. Well, they're in smaller quantities, so it would beignets definitely. Beignets are really good. Yeah. Really good. I have a question. What does the future hold? Where do you see it going next? Um, I, I hope to grow very slowly and um, introduce more products make it uh, more accessible. My teas, uh, maybe introduce my sauces um, online, something like that. Okay. Yeah, well that, that's a really good, uh, that's another question I had for you is that like, so you have sauces I have now, a question. are you going to, you're going to actually like package them, put them together, yeah. bottle them, do all that stuff? I'm hoping to, but it, it, it's a bit of a production and that's why I, I really haven't gotten the opportunity to kind of uh, dive into that, yeah. so. It's a thing in and of itself, right? It is. It is. <laughs> so I would have to really commit some time to that, and I just don't have that at this time. Yeah. yeah. Nice. T tell us about the growth of the neighborhood and all the expansion that's going on. How is that affecting you? That's a great question. The, the growth of the neighborhood. Like the, um, let's state for the record that in 2008 when you first started, Downtown Tampa was not really anything. There was really no nightlife there. Right. Um, definitely lots of workers there, which you could talk about. And even Channel Side now is going through a huge right. renovation. Talk mm -hmm. a little bit about the before and after. Well, I, I knew that, uh, that it was going to be a bit of a challenge um, just because it was um, a, a growing area. Um, when we first opened up the cafe, we were only opened for lunch and uh, started to slowly open in the evenings. I mean, at that time, there was not much of a residential presence and uh, there was definitely little to no nightlife. Um, so we kind of started to uh, entertain the whole uh, opening, you know, and offering dinner service on the weekends. And from there, as each year progressed, we would add a few more evenings um, to our hours of operation. And, uh, just probably in the past couple years, I mean, there's been um, a, a lot of support. And uh, with downtown, uh, I'm sorry, with the channel side, uh, 
district and the residents here. Um, there's been um, there's been some major growth, and I'm really looking forward to seeing um, what it'll be like in just the next couple of years. Nice. So, what kind of stuff do you do to make sure that you are working on your business? You mentioned I asked you how you spent your time before, and you said I work on my business, like I spend the time growing the business. But what like what habits do you have that ensure that you're doing that and you don't get caught in the grind of the day-to-day type stuff? Oh, that's probably still a struggle now because, I mean, if I'm at the restaurant um, trying to take care of, uh, you know, certain priorities of growing the business, I'm constantly being distracted, knocking, you know, they're knocking on the door and stuff like that. Um, I probably spend my weekends. That's that's the time that I, I, I spend... Uh, formulating ideas, um, creating different events, just uh, getting the word out more, being a part of the community more um, with my fit club that I offer at the cafe, um, working with, you know, um, sweatshop, urban gym, uh, the local, um, the local fitness um, studio there. Um, And then, on top of that, trying to get maybe a Sunday relaxation yoga fit club event here uh, on the weekends. And so um, even expanding our hours at the lounge uh, to, Sunday, uh, to offering Sunday brunch, um, those are all things that we kind of have to gauge and work on and communicate with our customers on what their their wants and needs are and kind of make decisions that way nice. yeah cool. so lynn thank you so much girl i got one more awesome. one more question one more question oh. all right all right i see a sound system here what, what do you guys do with the sound system <laughs> Is it, do you have entertainment oh yeah um on fridays we have open mic night um, basically, any local talent can come, and uh, we have uh, a host, and he's wonderful. And usually, we would have the open mic night tonight, but because of the interview, um, it's kind of been pushed back a little bit. But uh, so we'll be here later. Stick around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so that's what that's for. Uh, well, we have a, we have a few more events probably at the cafe. We do uh, we do art shows um, over at the cafe. We also swap out artwork here. I have an amazing curator that uh, takes care of that for me. But we um, we give uh, local artists uh, exposure by um, by throwing um, monthly art shows and uh, letting you know letting customers. Uh, uh, interact with with the local artists and and get to know them and uh, buy a painting if they like. And, and it's a great way for you to market too and get people to get, be introduced to you as having that event. Absolutely, that's yep. great. So it's really good. What's your favorite dish? <laughs> the fresh roll. <laughs> 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 What's the question? Nice. Uh, but how did you get it? What, what was the motivation to start the the f- How did you get involved in it? So it, why did you do it? The question is how, how and why did you get right. involved in the Fit Club? Right, First, explain I'm, what it is. Right. So, I mean, it's kind of funny because I'm a Vietnamese restaurant and now I'm sponsoring a Fit Club. And so, um, 
at the cafe, um, we were located right next to this beautiful uh, Curtis Hickson Park. And at that time, they had just built it out, probably within a year or so of, of me opening. And when I walked out to the park, and I thought, oh my God, this park is so beautiful. I, and I love being outdoors, and I would love to work outdoors. So it was actually more of a, a selfish desire on my part um, that I wanted to offer this. And uh, so I just started talking to um, local instructors and uh, get their input. Work, let's work together, um, give exposure to both their business and uh, the healthy offerings that, um, we, um, that we give at the, um, at the restaurant. And so that's how I came about the, uh, the Fit Club. So very cool. Yeah, so we do that on a weekly basis, and uh, has that had a direct impact on your business? Yeah, I mean, for me, quite honestly, um, we what we do is we offer we offer uh, a workout, and then um, we offer twenty percent off um, if you dine at the restaurant because then it's kind of like this whole healthy package that we're trying to offer and make it easily accessible and uh, a value add because again I re- for me I don't think that um, that being healthy should ever cost a fortune and so that's very important to me and so um, that was what I wanted to offer to the community and I really didn't care I really didn't care if uh, you know if, if it packed the house or anything it was just fun and I love being outdoors and so Again, I mean, it was a win-win situation for me. So well, that's right in line with why you started the thing in the first place. Exactly. Right? Yep. That's awesome. So great questions. All right, man. Awesome job. You did great.